Welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast, by the fan, for the fan, talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time once again for your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. Is this episode 218 or 219? I'm starting to lose count, but I know 218. All right, B-Live, thank you. It's episode 218 of the Sports Bros Podcast. See, you got so much going on, you'll be forgetting stuff. But before I start rambling, I'm going to stop myself because you know I can't do this by myself. I not only have one, but I have two of the best calls in the world. Introducing first, coming to you live from Fayetteville, North Carolina, at the Shared Studios, the almighty B-Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Um, Let's see. Fantasy football problems. Mm. Hashtag. And I, I don't like the league that I'm in with you guys here. Um, well, the Sports Bros Fantasy Football League, because week one, um, Aaron Rodgers. Week two, Nick Chubb. Ooh, ouch. I'm, I'm, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not off to a good start. And anybody that knows me knows I've been talking cash. All day. I've been talking trash, cash, all the mess. And now I'm sitting at 0-2 and, and bottom of the league, and I don't like it. And everybody wants to let me know about it. So, um, screw you guys. I'm going home. And then um, you can go ahead and introduce the other guy. Um, let him talk about something and sing to the people. But fantasy football, not doing well. Not doing well. Oh, no, not talking all that trash in this case, but you know what? I'm fine. I'll go to, hey, man, it is what it is. It happens to the best of us. The other guy, he is the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, and the attendee at the Waynesburg University, where he's majoring in sports, broadcasting, and among other things, if you only heard the off-air conversation, which you will not, he is the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. Good morning, good morning. Look at us up super early on a Tuesday. Hey, it's Tuesday. It's not Wednesday, Eddie. It's Tuesday. Uh, you, you know he edits and he publishes and it comes out on Wednesday. So. But we're live today, right? We, well, see, well, technically, yes, but it's okay. Um Ladies and gentlemen, just to let you know, I'm still working out some technical difficulties, so we're not yet live, but we will be very soon. Oh, so we're not live. We're recorded. It it happens. It's okay. We're still recording. It's all good. I was told we were going live this morning. Yeah, and and, and I I was wanting to, and then when I pressed the button, everything just went. So why didn't you tell me I was being recorded? Well, the thing about this, I figured if I if I told you that you weren't being recorded, then you start taking your shirt off, and then we don't nobody wants it. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. <laughs> oh no! Before he start undoing buttons, I'm scared. Oh God! 
What's going on? <laughs> Scott D, have you been listening to Pussycat Dolls loosen up my buttons, baby? What the hell's yeah. going on here? That should have been my song for the morning. All right. Well, let's let's talk about some sports. Let's whoa. Let's get into this thing, Eddie Cool here. Let's let's talk some sports, huh? All right, Scott D, keep your gear and your merchandise on. With that being said, let's go ahead and hop right into it. The top of the order. All right, let's get this thing started. Here it is, the top of the order. Going into week two, it's week two. It's the second week of the NFL season, and a lot has happened this time, this um, this week than it did last week in week one. So with that being said, fellas, what stood out this week that we either overreacted, overreacted to, or didn't see in um week one? Be live. I heard you got two of them. What you got? Well, we're gonna we're gonna start off with one thing that um, I overreacted because see what had happened was oh I've been rooting for the Detroit Lions for years now. I feel like they're just a step away. They're almost there. They're about to cross this threshold, and then they remind me who they actually are. And so when they beat the reigning, defending, undisputed. World champions, <laughs> I said world champions instead of national champions. I, f- I still feel that way. I don't care. Um, in Kansas City, even though they were short a couple of um, weapons, I like Detroit may have finally arrived to the chat. And then they remind me that they can't stop a nosebleed. And let Seattle creep right on back into the game. It was, I mean, it was a hard fought battle. But these are the games that, I mean, and I'm not trying to downplay Seattle, but these are the games you have to win. These are the games that determine whether you're going to be a contender or a pretender. And Detroit, you just, uh, yeah, you get there. You're going to get there. I haven't lost faith, but I definitely overreacted. Now, where, Y'all overreact because I believe both of y'all believe in the Los Angeles Superchargers making it to the playoffs. They will. And Justin Herbert is all world and all this and all that. And um, they also can't stop a nosebleed. And hard fought battle overtime, both overtime games. But those are the games, especially against a Tennessee squad that's not expected to do much. These are the games that you have to win. The Chargers are now 0-2 in a very tough um, division and a very tough um, conference. Detroit's 1-1. and it, I mean, of course, there's a lot going on, but I just, yeah. Those are the games that really popped out to me. I'm like, People are believing in the Chargers, and I'm like, eh, not so fast. I'm believing in the Lions, not so fast. We shall see 15 more weeks to go, 16 more weeks, 15 more games. Yeah, like you said, B-Lab, we shall see. Scotty D, what say you? What you got? Uh, some overreactions to the first week was that Josh Allen was a scrub because he had a terrible Monday night, and he's not. Uh, another overreaction would have been maybe that the Browns are going to have a good season and they're not. And they, they showed how terrible they are on Monday night. And the, here's one that I feel, here's the trap I fell into based on one week. 
I thought that it was smart to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's it's not gone that way yet. It's not that way yet. The Chiefs are still the the team to beat in the AFC, and they had a, a a tough opening night, as a lot of teams did. You know, I always say the opening week doesn't really give you a good gauge because everyone's still trying to try, trying to find themselves and get back into their routine. And the Chiefs had a had a bad first night, and Detroit was the beneficiary of that, as you mentioned, be live, and then they kind of laid an egg in the second week defensively. But, you know, I, I mentioned last week that maybe this is a game that that could, at the end of the season, months from now, have some implications as to who's going to be the best team in the AFC as far as having home field advantage. And if that's the case, then it's still the Chiefs. I mean, again, we're way ahead of ourselves when it comes to that, that situation. But the Chiefs show that they're still – you have to knock us off, Jacksonville. I know you had a nice – it was cute what you did last year. You came back in your little playoff game against the Chargers, and you're making some strides here. And I think Jacksonville, no, I'm not taking away from them. I, I do think they're going to easily win that division and be, and be a very, very good team this year. But after one week, I was like, man, Jacksonville looks really good. Kansas City doesn't look too good. I'm going to pick the the Jaguars to beat them at home. I, that's that's a pretty solid pick, and it ended up not being the case. So Kansas City, my apologies for jumping off of your bandwagon after one week. I got a quick question for you, Scotty D, just because did you or any Cowboys? I still root for the Cowboys. Yeah. So you had to throw that in. Nobody asked for that. Did anybody in the world expect Kansas City versus Jacksonville? And all the weapons that they have on offense to be seventeen to nine. No, nope. I was uh, I, I was expecting oh. a better game. Matter of fact, I was I wasn't even watching that one. At the time. I was watching the Bengals and Ravens for the most part of the biggest part of the the early part of the day, and I kept thinking I need to switch over to watch this Jacksonville game. But then the score showed, and I was like, this isn't such a good game. And Kansas City defensively is maybe better than we gave them credit for. After the again, after the first week, we're thinking, ah, they don't look so good. Maybe they're losing, but it's not like Kansas City is a super old team. Those windows closed. They're, you know, they're the Super Bowl favorites. I mean, there's a good chance they're going to be back there in, in a parade again next February. But yeah, I, I would, I was definitely expecting better as far as some offensive numbers in in that game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I actually I expect it better from both teams, man, because you got Calvin Ridley being all world, Christian Kurt looking like every bit of that, every bit of that seventy nine, what, whatever, whatever contract he got, looking every bit of it, and I just, I just, I just don't know. I, I don't know what happened with Jacksonville. I mean, it's one week at a time, you know. I think we might have to give some credit to Kansas City's defense. Mm-hmm. I think it overshadowed just because you got Patrick Mahomes. And his new record-breaking contract or whatever. No, it's not record. Well, I think it's the most within a four-year span as guaranteed, some mess like that. But this money being thrown everywhere and all this money that's been going to all these quarterbacks, ain't none of them, none of it paid out yet to say it. No. They should have invested more money in the running back position. More more money should be going to guys like Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley. That's where all the money should be going. going Eddie Cole, what you got? I knew this Sunday when Saquon Barkley got hurt. I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah. 
Um, you just the, the, the conversation is going to be had. <laughs> Eddie Cole, talk to talk oh, to the people. Injury prone. Oh, talk oh, to the people. Oh, you know, you know, you know. From a fantasy football standpoint, I'm feeling it too because I got Nick Chubb in two of my four leagues. But something told me, hey, you better go ahead and get Jerome Ford. So good job by me. And also, I had Aaron Rodgers in one of my leagues too. But I replaced him with um, Mac P. Shooter Jones as Rex Ryan called him on ESPN. P. Shooter Jones. That's his. That's his street name. I was like, wow. Smoky. That's a last. He called him. Yeah, P. Shooter Jones. I was dying. Um, the New York Giants. We know they didn't do diddly poo last week, but um, this week they decided to put up thirty-one points against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, at halftime, they were down. Um, they were down what thir- thirteen to zero. And they went out 13 to zero. And then they came back and scored 14 points in the third quarter, 17 points in the fourth quarter, and said, you know what? Fourth quarter, we're gonna shut down the Cardinals. And that's exactly what they did. Now people are like, oh, well, you know, they wouldn't do that if Kyler Murray was there. Let's talk about the here and now. I mean, maybe the Giants aren't as bad off as we thought they were. They ran up against the Cowboys, and that's a defensive buzzsaw because you see what they did to the Jets the other night. So I that, think that that Sunday night was rough too. It was a it was a just absolute yeah. monsoon that night too. So yeah, th- th- those conditions they didn't play fair for anybody because I mean because Dak passed what for, the, for like what 151 yards. Daniel Jones was scrambling for his life. Um, Saquon Barkley he had um, 13 carries for 64 yards and a touchdown if I'm not mistaken. If I'm looking. Yes, he had 16, 17 carries, 63 yards for one touchdown. But he got hurt. He sprained his ankle. Luckily for him, it's only going to be for a few weeks. And Darren Waller, he got at the end of the game. He got six catches for 76 yards, no touchdowns. But Saquon Bartley got a reception touchdown. And Isaiah Hodgins, he also had a reception touchdown as well, too. And Jalen Hyatt, the rookie, he even got some burn as well, too. He had two catches for 89 yards because the Giants are looking for that deep threat. And they may have found it in Jalen Hyatt, which means I might need to go ahead and pull him off my taxi squad in my fantasy football league and get him involved. I think the Giants will be fine. Uh, Brian Day- Brian Dayball just won't have them go out there and just lay a you know lay a goose egg like they did Monday night. But Monday night was exceptional because the Cowboys defense is for real. It, it's for real. There, there, there's no there's no bones about it. One more time, it's the Arizona Cardinals. Talk about overreacting after. Yeah, but uh, and that that's uh, that's fair. But the Giants looked like absolutely the worst team in the league against Dallas in the opening game. Looked like the worst team in the league against the Arizona Cardinals for a half. Uh, they did. They did. That's, that's the thing. As, as we're as we're writing the epitaph, they came back and and they won a game that you would expect them to win on the road. So so I'm road. not saying that the Giants are a Super Bowl contender. Mm-mm. I'm saying they're also not as bad as that 40 to nothing game indicated. I, I think that's that's kind of what I think we're getting at here. Yeah, uh, that's that's what it is. Now moving forward it's going to have to be up to Daniel Jones and his legs and his wide receivers to 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 make sure they're in games. To make sure they're in games that remain competitive because like I said Saquon Barkley he sprained his ankle, no damage done. He's going to be out for a handful of weeks. So um, I want the camera to put a picture on this face right here. This is the face of a guy that has zero faith in the New York football Giants. Zero faith in any of the teams that are in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Zero. None. Zilch. Nada. Zola for you. New York 
It's what what a great is. face that is. Man, what a nice face. Look at that face. <laughs> it, it's, just, it's dreams have been crushed. It ain't. Happened. I'm going to take a picture of that face. I'm going to Photoshop it. And I'm going to paste it on my on my body. Yeah. And all my Facebook pictures go forward. Scotty D's school projects. Watch out, y'all. Scotty D's learning how to work Photoshop <laughs> in college, y'all. This is great. This is phenomenal. But yeah, like I said, like B-Live, I don't have any high expectations for any teams that's renting out MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. It's just the fact that, you know, the Giants, like, look, show us show us that you're better than what you were Sunday night. Show us how you, this past Sunday night, week one, show us how you could bounce back. And they did. They were down by a bunch. They came back and won the game on the road. On the road. Not at home, but on the road. So any I, I think anytime that you can go into a hostile environment on the road and be down by as much as they were and come back, you made definite improvements from week one to week two. And with that being said, fellas, what games are we looking forward to? Um, what games intrigue us next week? What do we think? What what games are like, ha, huh, we got to watch that one? Um this this one is gonna this this one's gonna hurt a little bit, but I just oh boy no no I'm not gonna be a homer I'm not gonna say Carolina Seattle because Carolina's gonna go zero and three it's it's they're going all the way to Seattle I don't see any progress it's, I'm I'm just gonna put that on. The game, that's a that's a fair one. The, the game that really intrigues me is Atlanta versus Detroit. Mm. Atlanta actually looks like they might be able to do some damage. They're running an offense that doesn't get them into too much trouble, and their defense looks pretty decent. I mean. Um, the way Atlanta played Green Bay, Atlanta might might shock the world. Desmond Ritter is not making a bunch of mistakes. I mean, Bijan Robinson is that dude. I don't like it at all that I'm giving Atlanta fail cons any type of props. But that's your one prop, fail cons fans. Don't get to it. Don't don't get excited. I mean, like they have weapons, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. If they finally start utilizing them the way they should be, and it's gonna be it. Detroit still hasn't shown me that they can stop anybody. But can't, Detroit has weapons. It's hey, I'm taking it over in this game, and I'm watching this game, Atlanta versus Detroit. We shall see, man. Oh man. Eddie Koo, what say you when it comes to um, games you're watching next week? I don't know if I'll be able to watch it due to my area that I'm in, but one that kind of kind of has my attention is an AFC South matchup between the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, as of late, C.J. Stroud has been looking pretty good. C.J. Stroud has been looking pretty good. He hasn't been making too many mistakes. He's reading through his progressions and actually like, okay, like looking off receivers and making me wonder why in the hell we didn't pick him instead of Bryce Young. But I understand it. I mean, C.J. Stroud is better looking like a pocket pass. He's looking pretty good. I mean, he hasn't I, – I, has he not – I don't think he's thrown an interception all season. Has he be live? I, I, I don't think so. 
But I'm also going to say this. I think any quarterback um, behind Carolina's offensive line would have trouble. They just, it don't matter who you are. You're going you're gonna to be running for your life back there. That's exactly what Bryce Young is doing. And C.J. Stroud would have that same problem and issue. So, I don't yeah, he just he yeah, Bryce Young's bet he's running for his life, man. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. That that last night's game, the defense, they had the glimpses of all oh, the old Carolina defense, what they can go with their potential. But offensive, man, we just we just we just look bad. But yeah, like I said, um, I'm looking to see what CJ Stroud can do against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that's a game that's on my docket. Scotty D, what say you? What game are you looking forward to watching or have interest in for week three? Uh, one that intrigues me is actually going to be the Monday night football game next week. It's the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Rams because I'm not sure what we got really with either team. I know that I, I, I actually picked the Bengals to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I picked Joe Burrow to be the MVP. And so far, that looks like a, a, a terrible pick. I'll uh, keep in mind last year, Cincinnati was 0-2, which they are now. But also last year, Joe Burrow didn't have this lingering calf injury. And I I think this is going to be a – this could be a problem all year because if he sat for, what, five weeks in the preseason and it's still not 100% and he thought that it was. So now what are you going to do? Sit him for six weeks, taking you into late November, middle November? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I this is this is something that could be a factor all year and on the other side i picked the rams to win that division when we all kind of were waffling on who, who we thought was going to take that division at the beginning of the year and now obviously two weeks in san francisco looks like a lock you know we three weeks ago we were uncertain how their quarterback situation was going to play out because Purdy was coming off the elbow surgery and you know what you know how was he going to play in his second year and so far he looks like he's fine and the Rams are the ones that are having a little bit of problems, but they, they, I'd like to see, are the Rams for real? Are they going to be able to, I know they lost this past week to San Francisco. Of course, you know, that's a tough game. That doesn't mean the season's over for them just because of, the, of that, but they're one and one the Bengals are 0-2, and these are both teams I think that are probably better than that. So I'd like to see how they come together Monday night and play against one another. So uh, this, this Burrow thing is really, really concerning to me. I, I you know, I, I almost feel like if you're, if you're them, there's, if he's good enough to play through it right now, it means it's not as bad as it was when it initially happened in August. So do you sit him for maybe a, a couple, couple more weeks and just, Take your medicine, take your lumps, try to get by. I don't even know who their backup quarterback is. I think we we came up with a name there in, in back in August, and and I I can't remember who it is. But do do we take the, if you're Cincinnati, do you try to say, hey, look, we can lose four or five, six games and still make the postseason. Let's let's try to fight through this right now and sit this guy. Or you say, man, we're already in a crucial point. We can't be zero and three, zero and four. Let's 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 keep sending him out there. And and it. From what I've heard, it doesn't. I mean, I haven't heard that they are considering sitting Joe Burrow, but you know, part of his effectiveness is his ability to scramble to get out of trouble, and and now you're just going to be holding your breath every time the guy rolls out because he hurt his half this past Sunday on an, on a seemingly innocent play. Just it was a simple incompletion. It wasn't like he was trying to gut out getting yards for a first down and get into a pileup. He just just pulled up a little bit lame. So that. His calf and Cooper Cup's what is it? His hamstring or 
are already big factors mm-hmm. going into this Monday night game. So I, I, I'm interested to see how these teams play out on Monday night. And speaking of the Rams, how about the emergence of Tutu Atwell and Puka Nakwa? Puka Nakwa? Puka Nakwa. Puka uh, Puka. Oh, I told oh, you guys about Puka Nakwa. I told you. You did not. I've been banging the drum for Puka Nakwa. Where did he go, where'd he, where'd he go to school uh, He went to school Hawaii. to BYU. BYU. Hawaii. Hawaii. Okay, well, what, one of y'all is wrong, so... <laughs> Which one is it? I I, I have no idea. One one of y'all says Hawaii. One of y'all says BYU. I'm going to say that the guy that said Hawaii is wrong. That's <laughs> the way he he he's like. I told you guys about who couldn't knock. Like no, you. Didn't. Well, if Eddie hadn't said a school, I think I could have pulled that lie off. I think at least for this show, I think I could have pulled it off if Eddie didn't come up with another name. Scotty D, I'm gonna need you to study your homework, not the Steve Harvey book of lying. All right, I'm gonna need you to do that. All right, and before we hop into our favorite portion of the show, let's talk about real quick. Do we do we? Fellas, should we do we do we got time to talk about Colorado versus Colorado? Let's talk about Colorado, Colorado State real quick, right? Yeah. Um, this is the first time ever I've been interested in watching a West Coast game this damn late. I think the game ended at two thirty, church started at nine, and I was dragging ass on Sunday. I'm not gonna lie to you. Be live. Your takeaways from this game, Colorado, Colorado State. I'm gonna say this, and this is uh this is gonna be in in. It's going to put me in danger with the community. Whatever. Um, Colorado was favored by, what, 24 points or something like that? hmm And for that game to go into double overtime, Colorado State had Colorado's number. Let me, I'm just going to, just take away all the hype, take away all the bulletin board material, take away all of the- All the bull junk? You know, the bull, exactly, the bull junk. All the bull take junk. Take that out of the way. Colorado State had Colorado's number, and if it wasn't for just the 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 and and I believe in my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and all that divine intervention. If if it wasn't for divine intervention, Colorado State would have won this game. So, and and I'm rooting for Dion. I'm rooting for Coach Prime. I'm rooting for Shadur Sanders for um Heisman. Just. They got to go to Oregon next. Then they got to go to Southern Cal. Mm. This is going to be a tough road for Colorado. I think I might have said at the beginning of the season that they get five, six wins. I'm still at about, I'd give about seven or eight at the most. The hype train is really there, and people are, and this is going to be, but the, what I saw on the field for the little bit of the game that I watched, Colorado State had Colorado's number, and Dion was sweating bullets because after all that talk, they couldn't have lost to Colorado State. They couldn't have. They just, it would have been devastating, and it would have gave a lot of haters ammunition to talk bad about. But, they, I mean, learning points, hey, bounce back to it. But we're going to see some very exciting West Coast football this year. Yeah, that – I, you know, sometimes maybe we put a little bit too much stock into what the point spreads are, and maybe Colorado State's not quite as bad as that they would indicate to you, and maybe Colorado is not quite as good. But Colorado is better already to me than I thought they would be. 
they got some guys in there that could be potential NFL player. And a year ago, they won a single game. So you, you almost maybe think you need a game like this, a, a tester to, to see how you're going to handle a little bit of adversity. And to me, I thought that especially the quarterback, Shador Sanders, he really stepped up his game there in the second half when their best player on pretty much on both sides of the ball was in the hospital. I mean, and that one play, which could dirty. possibly be determined as a dirty play, and, and I, I don't know what the indication. I know he's going to miss a few weeks, but was it was it ribs? Is that what? It, or uh, Skip Bayless says he got a, a liver shot there, liver yeah. laceration, something ruptured liver. Yep. Okay, so he's he's going to be out for a little while. So in in that one single hit, you essentially lost two players. You lost a defensive player and an offensive player, and maybe that had a little bit of a psychological effect on him. Either way, though, they didn't get overly, they didn't get panicked or even Dion. I give him credit. You know, when things weren't going smoothly there, he took a little bit of emotion, stepped back, and took the points and took a field goal when I thought they were going to go for it. And it was in the third quarter, they took, instead of, you know, if they come up with nothing there, if they go for it and the fourth down, come up with nothing, they still wouldn't have won that game because they wouldn't have had those. They wouldn't have had the points. So Dion coached patiently. He didn't go over, overexcited and, and egotistical on his coaching. I thought his, I thought Shador was very cool on that. It was a 98 yard drive that was necessary and a two point conversion was necessary. And I, I thought the kid looked poised. I mean, I was impressed with him in that situation. Now, again, that wasn't Oregon they played last week or Southern Cal they played last week. It was a, a team that they probably should beat. But this is sports, man. Sometimes the other team shows up more than you expect them to and, and give you a tougher test. And everybody, I think, at this point that's on Colorado's schedule is going to be up for them because of – because the rock is on the sideline and because Dion's mom is giving locker room speeches yeah. and there's this constant attention on this team. Lil Wayne is Lil Wayne is rapping. Little Wayne is yeah, is on, is on, on the field. I, I mean, every team is going to be the one that wants to knock off Colorado. Now they are, they have become the lightning rod and, and Dion seems to accept that and, and relish that because it's bringing attention to that program. I, I mean, I, I don't know the last time I watched the Colorado game, but I've made it a point to put that game on on Saturday, Saturday night. So if the, if you have a little bit of a struggle here and there and you overcome more power to them, I, I, I think Colorado is an exciting football team. Only if Dion would have came to the pac 12 a year ago, it wouldn't be the pac two right now. He, he could, he could have saved possibly. It. He quite possibly could have easily saved the pac 12. Because I mean, to, because all eyes are on the Pac-12 right now. They've got, I think they've got either five or six teams that are ranked. It's, it's, it's it, I'm, I'm watching Pac-12 football. Yeah, and I, and I keep hearing great things about Washington, and I, admittedly, I have not seen them yet. But you know, the, yeah, that conference is supposed to be pretty deep this year. So, Michael, Pitt, I, I wouldn't expect Colorado to win this conference, but Dion does. Yeah. Michael Pennant, the quarterback for Washington, I would say is leading. The um leading the Heisman race right now, like he's, I think he's all three games he's played 450 yards of passing and four touchdowns in each of the three games. Like he's, he's, he's it's ridiculous right now. So, well, we, hey, again, three weeks in, there's all kinds of hype. There's all kinds. The the games will show, and 
this coming this coming week, just to throw it um throw it in there before I sneak into what I got to say about a couple things. We've got six ranked games coming up this week. Ooh, and including the the big one in South Bend, Notre Dame versus Old D Ohio State. That's gonna be a huge, huge game with playoff implications out the wazoo. Is Notre Dame for real? Sam Hartman. Is he that dude in Notre Dame? Can they finally get over that hump and get into the playoffs once again? Man, I could talk about it for days, but y'all. Yeah, and Ohio State's coming into this game battle tested. I mean, they they barely got by Western Kentucky, sixty three to ten this past week. That was so they they are. We have this stuff on the ready. Oh oh hold hold on, fellas. Before we, I I I you research your stuff before. Okay, you know I, 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 pre- I appreciate your enthusiasm, but you know we got some order to this show, and I'm here to ring that bell and start the order. Um, that's it for NFL week three, a uh, week two, and talk about Coach Prime Time Deion Sanders <laughs> and the Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes. Coming up next, we're gonna be talking about some more college football. Saturday, you tried it, be live, and fell for it. He's sick of it already, but we're not. Coming right back at you, right here on the Sports Bros Podcast. He wants to hear them. I got more scores to share here, too. Of course you do. Oh, boy. Back at you here again on the Sports Bros Podcast. A wonderful episode so far. We talked about week two of the NFL and Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. Um, Scotty D delivered a very important um, college score from the Ohio State game this past weekend. But with that being said, we can't talk about football until we talk about the following ladies and gentlemen boys and girls podcasters player haters procrastinators and all y'all this is the be live top five 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 well 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 as we've been um, talking all throughout this episode is way early in the season all kinds of things that are going on and so we may overreact sometimes, we may not react at all. But at the end of the days, we got we have to react. And so my reaction to what has happened in the college football world is as follows with the B Live top five. And I'm gonna come in hot at number five and uh, get my let me get my mouth right with this with D. Ohio State University. I'm going to bring them up just a little bit, but because they got a big test coming up, they're traveling down to South Bend against Notre Dame, and can they really earn this top five that I'm giving them, or will they be just as quickly right out? We shall see. Coming in at number four, Number four, I got to go with Southern California, the Trojans out there in the West. They got the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, and he's just otherworldly. And I think with him at the helm, they could do a lot of dangerous things, especially out West. Coming in at number three, we've got Hook'em Horns. We've got the Texas Longhorns. Man, oh, man, that that was a statement win against Alabama. And, hey, the sky is the limit for them. They want to make a statement to let people know that, hey, 
We are here. We're coming to the SEC, and we are coming in hot. Oh, man. Let's go to number two. And here's the shocker that everybody's going to be clamoring and saying all kinds of ifs, ands, or buts about. I said it. I'm going to say it. Number two, the reigning, defending, back-to-back national champions, the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm dropping them the number two. You can't be the number one team in the country and be down 14 to three against them dirt peckers in Columbia. I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm not going to allow it. It ain't going to happen. You are being punished. There's no way you're going to have them feeling good about themselves for a half. And all the whole <clears throat> victory, we we held, we were winning at halftime. The game is four quarters. So, Georgia, get your life together. You're going down to number two, the Eddie, Eddie Cool Stank Face Collection right there. And hey, and you know what? Get run. get ready for them rec specs, baby. Lenore <laughs> Sellers, get ready for them rec specs. Coming in at number one, I move them up. But, hey. We shall see. They had a little rough start as well. Nobody really has emerged as that team that's running away from it all. But that team up north, the Michigan Wolverines, I think they have the clearer path to making it to the playoffs and making damage. But, hey, all bets are off when it comes to rivalries. All bets are off when it comes to any given Saturday. And, man, Simply put, so you do have not, you don't have Florida State in there. Is that what I saw? Florida State, absolutely <laughs> not. You 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 can't struggle against a Boston College squad and think I'm gonna keep you in my top five. Hey, and here's the and I said I said it. I know what's about to happen. Well, I don't know what's about to happen, but it's going to be very interesting because Florida State is coming to Dabbleville, Clinton. They're coming to Clemson this week. So that is going to be their big test. Hey, do they show me the almighty be live that they deserve to be in the top five? Are they for real? Are they contenders or are they pretenders? We shall see. But after that performance against Boston College, I I don't know. Second half against LSU, contenders. Game against Boston College, pretenders. We'll see what version of Florida State we'll get against Clemson this coming Saturday at noon. Freaking noon. This big game is going to be <laughs> hot. It's supposed to be a night game. Supposed to bring all the noise. But hey, we still bring the noise in Death Valley. Yes, sir. What say you? So, all right. Uh, interesting that you, uh, in, the, in the rankings, Florida State is, uh, let's see, in, in the coaches poll, there are three. And in the AP poll, they're four. So I mean, it's not—it's not like you gave them a huge drop because you moved Texas up in there, and they—they they are actually in the AP top five, top, top twenty-five. They're third, and the coaches poll, they're six. So that's not super controversial. And I, and I, you know, from what little college football—actually, I have—I've watched a handful of games. I don't see the big separation from Georgia. I don't think they're going to win it again this year. I think they're going to be had by somebody this year. That's that's and, and I and I and I as I look at like the top, I don't know seven eight teams, maybe ten, I I could see a, a national champion 
coming from outside of the top five right now. I, I don't think it's as, as kind of last year. I kind of had an idea. I thought these two, three teams would going to be in the playoff and maybe there's a, a handful of teams competing for that last spot. I, I think it's more open this year than it has been in the past couple of years. I mean, you, you could even see UCLA getting in there because the way they handled NC Central to the tune of fifty nine to seven Yo. this past week. <laughs> there it is. You know, is. Oklahoma. <laughs> you got Oklahoma. They're a top ten team. Uh, they're actually they're fourteen, and you know, you know they put sixty six on against a mighty Tulsa team. So you never you never know. You're gonna you're gonna pick out the most ridiculous games every week, aren't you? This is what we're doing. Washington State 64, North Colorado 21. Washington State's a national contender at this point. You can score 64 points. You you can you can be a contender. It, what what did Pitt do? What what did, what did Pitt do? I put yeah. six up. I put six up. Wow. <laughs> In the backyard brawl. Did 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 they uh put up a turd burger? Backyard balling is what they had us doing as Pitt fans. Uh, how, how's the song go? Sweet Caroline, eat. Let's go, it. Pit. Eat. Yeah, pit. West Virginia changed the lyrics a little bit in that, in that little um, part. Uh, very like disrespectful. Just a little bit better. Very disrespectful, those Mountaineer fans. I'm pretty sure they did. Hey, B Live, guess who comes back from suspension? Jim Harbaugh. We get khakis and a sweater and the hap and that uh TTU uh TTUN that team up north, or some people like to call them the Wolverines of Michigan. They shouldn't call them that. They're pretty nice people there, Michigan. <laughs> uh yeah, Michigan. Uh Blake Corum scored a bunch of touchdowns last week. <laughs> so uh business as usual. Florida State, man. Uh oof. We, ah, mm. I'm not sold all the way on them yet. So I mean, we shall see. I got my eyes. Even, Go ahead. I say even Alabama, they they're winning and dropping in the polls. They're number thirteen. It's just like yeah, they dropped. Yeah, and they're going to stick with Milrow, the quarterback. <sighs> yeah, and they're still going to stick with the quarterback. Um, a down year for uh, Alabama football, and we got um, yeah, Scotty, like you said, Washington State. Oh, they're number twenty-one in the polls. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, you put 64 at North Colorado. You have to take notice of that. Yeah, you better, you better pay attention. You got to pay attention. If you're putting 64 in the North Colorado Coloradians, that's a... If Scotty B actually did his research, he'd probably mention Oklahoma State, where they paid North Alabama to come to Oklahoma State for them to lose 33-7. to seven. Wow, yeah, yeah. You you pick like I said that uh, North Alabama. I'm pretty sure they're an FCS opponent. They got paid to come, and that that's supposed to be one of those one of those games that Scotty D always mentions when it comes to a blowout, and it was a blowout the other way. Oklahoma State, what's going on? Shame you know? on you, Cowboys. And you, you, you're, uh, you're no longer a man. <laughs> I guess you're a senior citizen. You're 60. Is it still Mike Gundy? So that I don't even know. Yeah, he, he's a man and he's 60 now. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Speaking of Oklahoma State, did you hear uh, there's going to be a documentary about Barry Sanders coming out? No. Did you hear that? He's uh, going to, he's going to supposedly at the end of this documentary reveal why he walked away from the Lions after 10 years. 
that's what's, that's what's being reported. I'm here for that. Must see TV. Yeah. That is supposed to be coming out in the next, in the next, some point in the fall. They said so. Uh, very, very shortly. They said he he's supposed to be like sitting on a stage in a theater or something and and talking about his experience and why he decided to leave football at that age. So, yeah, that's something to look forward to. Finally, we get one of life's unanswered questions finally answered. And be live. I saw that you got us up and running live on our Facebook. Um, on a Facebook group chat or Facebook, whatever you call it. You got us up and running on live. So to everybody that's joining us this morning, good morning. This is the Sports Bros Podcast. We're taking the peep behind the curtain, showing you how we do it right here at the Sports Bros Podcast. Does everybody know live? Is that, yeah. real? Is that we are we are live. Yeah, we we're we're live now. We're live now. And ladies oh, and gentlemen, okay. those are Scotty D's Rex Specs. Um <laughs> be live readers. Got, readers. The, 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 the infamous readers that we always speak of. <laughs> yeah, when, when you see those readers, it means it's going down like four flat tires. All right, with that being said, fellas, guess what time it is? What time is it? What's happening? What's going on? Oh, Black Snow. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I just want to do that. Uh, I'm glad you asked. It's time once again for our favorite portion of the show, The Choices of the Voices. And with that being said, hey, yo, Button, hit it. Choices of the voices coming at you right here on the Sports Bros Podcast. And now, our favorite part of the show, the Choices of the Voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful land, Scotty D. Hold your ears. Ever. So lovely, Miss Button, for introducing our favorite portion of the show, the choices of the voices, where we ask y'all the question, you give us the answer, and then we read your answer back right here on the Sports Bowls podcast. I know that's a lot of movement of the fingers, air traffic control, doing all the dance moves and stuff like that, but you get it. It is what it is. With that being said, Scotty D, what's on tap for this week's choices of the voices? So he asked you to tell us a football game that you remembered for the weather factor and Weather being your, whatever you thought of, rain, snow, hail, hurricane, whatever. But there have been many football games throughout the years that stick out just based on the elements. And Eddie Cool, what did the people tell us here? All right, here we go. We got Matty Ice, Martin Tracy. He says, duh, Pats versus Raiders. Winner goes to the Super Bowl. I'm sure y'all remember it was snowing hard that day in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Yes, it was. It's the infamous tuck rule game. We all know this game as the beginning of the story of the undisputed GOAT, Tom Edward Patrick, a thousand names, Brady. All right, so we got one for uh, Raiders, Patriots, Tuck Rule Snow game. Mar Olds, he says, oh, you got it. Leon Lett versus the Dolphins. That was the Thanksgiving game, Scotty D? Thanksgiving, Leon sliding through the snow. Yep, yep, yep. And Mark Olds, he says, I also do recall a high school game where I was a punt, punt returner. Okay, Mark Olds, a punt returner. I ain't mad at you. And lost the ball in the snow. (laughs) 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 uh, It was a night game and it was snowing. Snowing so hard that I lost it in the lights and the snow. Uh, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Not at all. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Just, just imagine you see a ball being punted, and then the next thing you know, it gets lost, and then the next thing you know, oh, it's over here somewhere. You can't fair, you can't fair catch it, fair call it, or nothing. Tony Bogan, what's up, TB? He says two high school games stand out to me in this instance. The first one from August of last year between Dover and Lake Catholic, rain like hell in the second quarter, but no lighting, lightning. 
Low scoring contest where Dover won 16 to 13. His second one was last year's regional game between Canfield and Chardon. Cold as hell. And yet another low scoring game where Canfield won 14 to 7. And the games went quick, though. Oof. Uh, being a, uh, uh, those are unenviable tasks. But shout out to Tony Bogan, man. One of the hardest working dudes up here in Northeast Ohio. All right. Tom Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. He says 1980. Uh, Browns versus Browns on the Raiders, 13-yard line, down 14 to 12 with 49 seconds left. Uh, a field goal ices the game. Problem was the ball was iced too. <laughs> they opt to run a play, and red light 88 goes down in infamy, the AFC playoffs. Yep. And then Martin Tracy said, Tom Wynn, I remember that game. My father's friend was a huge Browns fan and wore the Brian Sight jersey. Um, because of this, I remember his enthusiasm during the game. It got me even more into football, and I had to get a Brian Sight card. I think I still have it, uh, and an Ozzie Newsom card too. I was eleven. You probably got some money, man. You probably really do have right. some money. Yep. All right. We got the best name in the game, JoJo Comfort. He says the 1981 AFC Championship game in Cincinnati, the Freezer Bowl. San Diego simply couldn't cope with it. That's like taking that's like taking a banana. And leaving it outside in Cincinnati, it was cold. Well, you know that game also. That was the week after the the classic Orange Bowl game, oh. which to me to this day I've I've told you this before. I still think it's the greatest football game I ever watched. Mm. Was was the the game you've seen it over and over again where Kellen Winslow's helped off the field with his his arms around his teammates and and Miami ran the old hook and lateral play and and. It came back from a, de- uh, you know, it, it was just a back and forth. It was a, it was an incredible game, and uh, San Diego was riding high after that one. And I think that game in Cincinnati, it was below freeze. I think it was like a ten to seven game or fourteen mm-hmm. to seven. It was something real, and on astroturf, like old hard astroturf up in Cincinnati. And Bengals went on to the Super Bowl after that game. That's like playing on damn concrete, man. That that old yeah. that old astroturf was just like. A shag rug <laughs> with a cement bottom. That's what it looked like. I'm not gonna lie to you. All right. Yeah, it was it was hard. All right, Brian Lavelle. He says, "Yep, the Leon Lett game be he's it, uh, Brian Lavelle. Be. Yeah, Brian Lavelle says, "Yep, Lovell. That's Brian Lovell. Brian Lovell. I'm sorry. He said Leon Lett. Yep, let it be. Also, the snowplow game in 1982, the Patriots versus the Fish. Brian also came back and said." Scotty D, this might be a local game thing, like, well, local thing here. Uh, I would like to mention the 2003 3A WPIAL state final game, uh, Pine Richard versus Mannheim Central. Probably the best game I've ever watched. Neil Walker was Pine Richland's tailback. They lost 39 to 38. It was a blizzard the whole game. Amazing for high school football. It's something about football in the snow, fellas. This is something magical yes. about it. And Neil Walker ended up being a uh, very good player for the Pittsburgh Pirates for several years. All right. We got Brian. Is it Lecoq? Lecoq. All right. We got Brian Lecoq. He said the 1987 uh, fog bowl between the Steelers and the Patriots could hardly see the game on TV. All right. Yeah. Fog bowl. I had actually forgotten about that as a playoff game. Yep. Martin Tracy also gave us some more. He said, just had to share another memory. (laughs) Um, Let me see. What did he say not a fan of either coach. He gotten over the 86 Monsters of the Midway, mm-hmm. Chicago Bears, um, thrashing of the Patriots, big fan of Randall Cunningham. Mm-hmm. 
some other things. He was pissed off. Yeah, he was, he was all mad. <laughs> All right, moving right along. We got Brian. Don't call me Jesse the Body Ventura. He says 1970-something at Three Rivers Stadium in Pittsburgh. I saw Joy Taylor. She had the Three Rivers uh, T-shirt on the other day. Shout out to her, too. Um, Was watching the Steelers play. I was just a kid. It was mind-numbing cold, uncontrollable, shivering for me with my dad, his friend, his son, who was also my age. My dad and his friends got hopped up on Iron City beer, baby. Watch out. (laughs) (laughs) And my mom lit into him when we got home and I had the shivers. It took me hours to thaw out. I can't believe I remember this. Wow, what a memory. He didn't say nothing about the game. It was everything but the game. That's (laughs) great. The elements elements are what stood out to him. All cold game in Pittsburgh. All child protective CPS. He out there freezing while they him and his friend out there drinking. Yeah. That's that is good parenting right there. He survived, <laughs> but did you die? Frozen, <laughs> frozen boogers can't breathe. It's just ah, my tongue stuck to your lip. Oh, it's bad. All right, and our Hall of Famer Uncle Max, what's going on, man? He's seen you in a hot minute. He says the Fog Bowl on New Year's Eve, nineteen eighty-eight, between the Bears and the Eagles. I I had not I did not realize that that game was on New Year's Eve, but he's correct that it was. But I I remember that was even worse than the Steelers Patriots fog one that Brian Laycock mentioned. But I, I remember that was on TV. You couldn't see anything. It was just white. It was like looking at a cloud. Do you guys remember that at all? I mean, I know you're a little bit younger than I am, but that I remember the '88. That was I remember that game very specifically. Like looking at the TV and thinking, how are these guys even playing? This is incredible. Was that was that game in color? It was no. It was it was in white. It was in white. complete just, fog. Just white because of the not fog. even black. Just it was just in white. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Fix the contrast. We can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A shout out to everybody for their participation in this week's choices of the voices. Scotty D. Weather game elements. What say you? Uh, I, I like some of these ones I heard, and the, the, another one that Martin Tracy mentioned was the the uh, snow plow. Whenever the guy came out, um, I can't remember which if it was the Patriots about to kick a field goal and they came out and plowed a little path. You're obviously not allowed to do that. You, you're not allowed to run a snow plow to, to allow your field goal kicker to do it. Oh, that was hilarious. Um, yeah, I, I remember one on my birthday. It was November twenty sixth. 2007 the Steelers had a big three to nothing win on Monday night football against the Dolphins where it just poured down rain all night it was a, it was a horrible game to watch neither team could do anything because it was just complete misery but well one that stands out in my mind in recent memory was in 2021 the Patriots and Dolphins um or Patriots and Bills had a wind game and oh, what I remember oh. about it is the fact that the that the bill or the Patriots through three passes the whole game. I remember that. And they won 14 to 10. But they did, they just, they wouldn't put it up. They took no chances. The Bills threw a few passes. But the Patriots, they said, all we're going to do is run. It was like Little League football that day. Uh, actually, that was a Monday night football game too, I believe, right? I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys remember that game. But yep. That was Monday night football. And yeah, that, that, that one's, again, if you, if you put on the TV and look at it with no sound, you don't see the, any elements. It's just, you know, like, you know, they might show like the goalposts, the flags and all that blown, but the fact that they just wouldn't even try to pass it. Unbelievable. Be live. What you got? Um, this one, this, this is very simple. And Eddie cool. I, I'm going to go ahead and apologize ahead of time. I may, I may steal this from him. 
That's okay. Because I was going to say the same thing, too. Because we both were there. <laughs> Monday Night Football 2015, the Panthers versus the Indianapolis Colts. Then we got rain on top of rain. Guy was throwing buckets and buckets of water <laughs> on it. Just oh my gosh. We were in the we were in the up we were in the upper level and we're we we're braving the elements because you know we're just having a good time. Not only not only were the tickets free, because you know, say your 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 boy won a little contest, you know, between restaurant managers. So we was good. We, and I had the choice of getting two lower level seats or four upper level seats. I was like, I need to bring all my boys. So we we a four upper level. We gotta have it. Shout out to my man Nick Way out there. My man, I think uh, who did I take with it? Was it Ian that came with us that time? Or? Yeah, he was there. Yep. Yeah, I think my boy Ian Woodard. Um, shout out to him, especially when we went up to Detroit as well. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Oh man, such a good time. But um, yeah, we getting rained on, rained on, rained on, and this game had the nerve to go into overtime. <laughs> he said, "Nope." That ain't happening. We 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 were soaking wet. We was like, nope. We gonna watch the rest of the game underneath, <laughs> underneath the covering because we were soaked. And man, Graham Gano comes through. This was the I think this was the beginning stages of the new overtime rules where like if you kick a field goal, the other team has a chance to match because um, Andy went up and scored. They scored a field goal. We scored a field goal, and then we scored another field goal to win the game to keep that streak going, that 15-1, and one, all the way to the Super Bowl, dab on them. And, man, you should have saw us on the subway afterwards, on the train afterwards. Oh, that thing was rocking. <laughs> How did? Oh, we, that thing rocking. Oh my God! I, that that will always be my favorite, up a game, a weather game especially. But man, absolutely, Eddie, cool. Yeah, I stole your thunder. And and that's it. I was about to say the same thing, man. I remember living in Atlanta at the time and traveling to the game on eighty five. It was it was rain. The weather was poopy the whole way up. <laughs> it was just bad. I'm not gonna cuss because we got people watching. It was bad weather. I remember one point there was like this big, there was like this crash that had traffic held up on 85 for like like an hour and a half. I'm like, be live. I hope I'm making it. I'm trying to go. I'm like, I'm not, oh, like I'm not, I hadn't even left Georgia yet. Well, actually, no, I hadn't even left South Carolina yet. I was on the way there, but needless to say, man, I went and bought a poncho. Uh, my hair was wet. My shoes was wet. I I literally felt like a wet dog, but it was all in good fun. It was close to my birthday. Thank you, B-Live, for one of the best birthday presents a brother could ever have. I love it, and it's memory etched forever. People say, Eddie, cool. I saw you on Snapchat. I took a picture with a news girl. It was all good. We <laughs> drank beer. We ate food. We that told was, loud, nasty jokes. Like no, we knew all that. of Snapchat on top of that. Like, Snapchat yeah. just became a thing. Back, I was like, we yeah. was living it up. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, we were doing it. All right. Uh, yep, that's it. Memories, everything. With that being said, Scotty D, what's on tap next week for The Choices of the Voices? All right, so next week, we're going to ask you to tell us about uh, one or two of your favorite nicknames for NFL teams. 
we've done like individual nicknames before, but sometimes a team will get a nickname or a part of a team, like a, like a steel curtain defense or the hogs from the, from the old Redskins teams, that type of thing. Air Coriel was the Chargers offense at one point. So give us some of your favorite nicknames you've come up with through the years for a team or a portion of your team, whatever you want to do. And Eddie cool. That'll give us something to talk about next week. All right. Coming up round of pepper you know how we do it right here on the sports bros podcast it's time for a round of pepper so we get ready to get the hill up out of here and it's time for a round of pepper as i stated already you know how we do it three topics rapid fire style connoisseur they're not really here to engage enlighten and entertain and educate the four e's in no particular order and with that being said i'll go first on this day in history back in 1931 lou Gehrig. Uh, his four, uh, he breaks his RBI record of 175 on route to 184, which means he was on a record toward pace. Like, you know what? I'm going to break my own record. So he hit four RBIs in one game to break his old record from 175 to make it 184. So um, shout out to one of the best to ever do it. One of your Yankees, Scotty D, Lou Gehrig. And speaking of Scotty D, over to you, sir. All right, so um, this past Saturday night, Alexa Grasso defended her flyweight title against Valentina Shevchenko. You will recall Grasso defeated Shevchenko back in April with a fourth-round submission. That was uh, Shevchenko's eighth title defense, so she snapped a streak of seven straight title defenses. Well, this past Saturday night in Vegas to celebrate Mexican Independence Day, they had their first ever event called Noche UFC to celebrate the Mexican fighter. And Grasso was the first ever born, female born Mexican fighter to win a UFC title. She fought Shevchenko to a draw. And it's such a shame that it came down to this because this fight was outstanding. This is one of the best UFC fights I think I've ever seen. And the one judge had this, the, the fifth, one judge each had a for each girl and then the fifth judge a guy by the name of Mike Bell scored a 10-8 round for Grasso in the final round, meaning that the decision was a draw. And it was an absolute travesty that that, that round went to a 10-8 because it, if you watch any fighting at all, you know a 10-8 has to be pretty much one fighter dominating the other. This fight, this final round, these girls were on their feet for the better part of three and a half minutes. Shevchenko probably even getting the better of that exchange. Then Grasso took her down and... and uh Never really endangered her of stopping the fight, but definitely was the undisputed winner of that final round. So a lot of Shevchenko fans are really angry because they think that she should have won the fight because that last round should not have been a draw. I am in the camp that thinks that Grasso should have won three rounds, two in addition to that. So either way, the old saying goes, don't let it get to the judges. Well, that's what happened. And so uh, a great, it was still a, a great fight, bad Bad decision, no, no matter which way you look at it. Unfortunately, Shevchenko broke her thumb. She fractured her thumb in the first round, so we won't be seeing a rematch there anytime soon. But nonetheless, a great first Noche UFC event in Vegas this past weekend. Be live. Over to you. Oh, well, well, well. My first pepper point. I'm going to go ahead and come in hot. Because, you know, we've been talking about running backs and getting – them getting paid in the NFL and um, they're prone to injury. And we've already seen that in the first couple of weeks here in the NFL. Well, last week, 
um, because it seemed like um, running backs were already getting injured and the talks were already happening. The NFL decides that, hold on, wait a minute. This seems a little bit suspicious that all of these running backs are now all of a sudden already getting hurt. And they file a grievance against the Players Association because they believe that the Players Association is advising running backs to exaggerate injuries. And uh, the face that Scotty D just gave us. <laughs> yeah, Nick Chubb really exaggerated his on money. He, he stuck to that. That's exactly. This, the, the, the grievance came on September 11th. So this was before uh, the Nick Chubb. And yeah, there's no way you can exaggerate that. That was one of the ugliest I have seen. But man, come on now. You really, like, like, Pay the running backs. Stop this silliness between the owners. Like, come on. You found now you're thinking that they're faking injuries. We don't have time for that. Well, I say we like I'm a running back in the NFL, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I mean. Come on, NFL. Do better. Eddie Cool. The ball. Well, uh, never mind the pepper point I just had. I have a breaking news slash my second pepper point. Um, according to ABC, they will air an additional 10 Monday night football games because of the writers and actors strikes. I was like, you know what? Why are we getting extra football on ABC? I thought at first, okay, is Aaron Rodgers debut against the Jets and they want him to have that whole stage to himself. Well, due to the, um, the actor strike with the SAG after writer strike, we're going to be seeing more football. We're going to be seeing more as usual. All right. So here's it is. Here's the news out of the uh, Los Angeles, courtesy of the Associated Press. ABC will be airing more Monday night football games than originally planned. In addition, 10 games originally set to appear only on ESPN will be simulcast on ABC. The additional games will be on network television because the ongoing strikes between strikes by the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors uh, Screen Actors Guild American Federation of T them, them, all right, them folks, all right? Sad, yeah. Yeah. Um Queens Actors Guild. Yeah, all all them, all them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the NFL announced uh, that when the amount of schedule in May, the NFL had four exclusive um regular season games, including Monday night's matchup between the Browns and the Steelers, and five being a part of the ESPN uh, simulcast. Last week's game between the Jets and the Bills averaged twenty two point six million views on ABC, ESPN, ESPN two, and ESPN Deportes. Um yeah, so I guess if you ain't got nothing to do, you can watch some games on ABC. Is, is Grey's Anatomy still on TV? Is that a is that a? TV? I, think, I think it's still a thing. But the thing about it is, we're going back in time as opposed to like buy, it, like keep it on the, the networks, like on ABC. Like, why are we doing this whole cable, cable, cable thing? Like, you're getting way more ratings, and now. That's three less shows that you have to air on your network. Ta-da. Genius. Whatever. I, guess, I guess they say problem solved until further notice. Over to you, Scotty D. Lazy solution to a big big problem that they have. As well. but they didn't like say, we're going to get a second game. We're going to pluck another game off of the Sunday schedule and move it to Monday like they did this past Monday and have two different games. It's just going to be the same game 
that you can now watch on either ESPN or ABC. Right? That's that's what it is, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty well, much. We're moving forward, but week three, there is another doubleheader. I just, I don't even There know. is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Philly's playing somebody else as well. Like, there's another doubleheader. Monday. We, I, I don't even know what's going on anymore. That's why. That's why I enjoy being a fan. If I if I really have to be an analyst to this, I'm just be scratching my head. Like, what what are y'all doing? So the football fan has their choice on Monday to watch the same game on ESPN or ABC. But on Thursday night, they can't if they don't have Amazon Prime. They can't watch anything. So yeah, that makes all the sense. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of not wanting to watch football, I watched the backyard brawl on this this past Saturday night. Now I think I told you guys the week before I went down to Acrisure Stadium to watch Pitt take on Cincinnati, and I really left there that night hoping that Pitt quarterback Phil Jakovic had had a bad night. Well, I hadn't seen anything yet. This dude threw for I believe less than a hundred yards in this backyard brawl. Three picks. This is his sixth year of football. This dude's like almost re- ready to retire from football, and he still can't get it right. He's the worst quarterback I think I've ever seen at the collegiate level. It's going to be a terrible year for Pitt. He had he was with Notre Dame for two years. He transferred. Was at Boston College three years. Now he's at Pitt. That's three big time program. How is this kid getting scholarships to go play Division One football when he can't throw a pass? I am going to be a miserable college football fan this year thank god at least we're going to be good this year me and you be like thank god we still have Dabo. you know we lost to duke i don't don't know yeah it's it's okay we didn't lose the cincinnati we didn't lose the cincinnati like we did and we didn't lose to west virginia like we did we did we 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 (laughs) it's over to you it's over to you oh my goodness all right my second pepper point. Like I said, I'm coming in hot because we still talk about injuries in the NFL. And I don't know how accurate this is, but you know how people like to make memes and make statements and whatnot. Well, it has been calculated that for all of the stadiums in the NFL to convert to all grass fields, like the Players Association has been begging for Mind you, I think 28 out of the 30 owners are billionaires. It would cost the NFL $12 billion. Not, not would it be within them $12 million. No, I think that's a, I think that's low. I think there's probably gonna be a lot more maintenance and stuff like that. And then you know how a lot of these stadiums are gonna be multifaceted and do concerts or whatever. I don't care. If you could put in grass for the World Cup, you could put in grass for the NFL. That makes you billions of dollars annually. Cut it out, NFL. Come off them pockets. Protect your players. Eddie Cool, the ball. And do better, in the words of the money mask. Just, just, just do better. Just, just do better. Just Football is meant to be played on grass. A few weeks ago, I was at a stadium, and I was like, oh, this grass is so beautiful. It is what it is, though, all right? All right, so my third and final pepper point on this day in history, back in 1933, the Pittsburgh Steelers, but then known as the Pittsburgh Pirates, play their first NFL game, and they lose three to, I'm sorry, 23 to two. 
Yep. 23 to 2. Yep. That sounds like an Oklahoma football game. Oh boy. 23 <laughs> to 2. So uh, <laughs> my how the my have my have times have changed for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They got a bunch of Super Bowl rings. They got a bunch of Hall of Fame players. One of the world's biggest fan bases in all of professional sports. And um they won last night. They beat the Browns. Oh, do you be live? Not me. I'm sorry, old Reese got it. How are you going out of order in the stage of the game? I don't, I don't know, man. It's <laughs> early. I don't know. My brain hasn't warmed up yet. Old Reese right. got it. All right, we're 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 warmed up and ready to cool down. And and speaking of cooling down, the career in Los for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim is coming to a conclusion, a ice cold conclusion for Shohei Otani. They shut him down for the season with an oblique injury, and he's talking about having elbow surgery. And that pretty much closes the book, I believe, on his career as an angel. Man, what could have been with him? The angels had Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and could just seem to never keep these guys healthy, could never seem to keep them happy. And, you know, the Angels made a little push before the trade deadline this year and kept Otani, hoping to be a contender. And then they completely just uh, went to hell following the All-Star break. It's been a terrible stretch. They got, they're going to lose this guy and get nothing in return for him. Mm. You might want to put Mike Trout on the block and just start all over again, Angels, because this guy is not coming back next year. I doubt he's leaving the state. Odds are... He will be playing, suiting up for the L.A. Dodgers a season from now. His agent said he still wants to be a two-way player, still wants to to pitch in and play, uh, be an everyday player. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. But the Angels, man, what could have been and what is not going to be? Be live. Finish this up. Appropriately titled, Scotty D. What could have been and what it ain't going to be. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Well, my third and final platform, before I go into that, hey, Pay attention to the, when it comes to baseball, the National League wild card race. There are six teams vying for three spots, and there's a separation of two games between five of them. It's going to come down to the wire. I would like to report about that more, but I next week is going to be hot. So, but I wanted to end um, this week's pepper points with you know how I like to do it, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. This is what happened, but this is what happened in a good way. So last week, um, during um the Jets Bills game, everything was about Aaron Rodgers' injury. Everything was this and the third about that. But we had a stellar performance from Jordan Whitehead, where he recorded not one. Not two, but three interceptions during that game. And just want to throw that out there. This is a part of what happened. There's a nice nifty little piece of information that was in his contract where if uh, for the season, if he records three interceptions, he gets an additional $250,000. If you record three in the season, 17 games, he said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get that out of the way. I'm going to get that right <laughs> now. Pay the man. Go ahead and give me that check. Give me that check. $250,000. Three interceptions, one game. Jordan Whitehead. Yes, sir. That's how we do it. <laughs> 
I'd be jumping yeah. up and I'd be jumping up and down too. Sure would. Yeah. Yes, sir. I've got two. Hey, I, I'm I'm coming into the season. Well, actually, I'm going to I'm going into week two. Two hundred and fifty thousand dollars richer. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars richer. All right, we got all our uh, pepper points. Everything out the way. Oh, we are good. We are Gucci bandana. We are good to go. We are good like somebody from 50 plus yards. This has been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Shout out to everybody that joined us on Facebook Live. We hope to do this again shortly and soon one more time. Be live coming to you live from Shared Studios in Fairfield, North Carolina. And Scotty D is getting up with his Cowboys shirt on, get ready to go to class at the Waynesburg University. With that being said and in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They're greatly appreciated now more than ever. This has been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. Uh, shout out to Miss Mary. Uh, her birthday's coming up soon. She beat cancer, and we celebrate those things. Um, y'all be good. Y'all love each other, and y'all take care. Be live. Take us home. Yes, sir. Y'all take care. Enjoy each other. Be safe. And if you're playing on turf, just be safe. It's been another episode of Sports Bros Podcast. See you next week. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. Hey, it's Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. Thank you for listening, and as always, continue to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Just click the link in the description box and keep up with the Sports Rolls Podcast. And once again, thanks for listening.